This is Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you right here on your Tuesday as we vault through midweek. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. You can do it one of two ways. It is a phone call or it is an email, and those contact info bits are as follows. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 13 minutes from now. The third Tuesday of the month, of course, brings a visit from the most prolific live fire cookbook author of our time. And perhaps not just of our time, of all time. Of all of the live fire books ever written, nobody more prolific than this guy, a barbecue hall of famer, somebody who is also a cooking class instructor, obviously well, well experienced on the TV side of things. I am, of course, talking about Stephen Reichler, and he will be joining us as we catch up. He was also caught up in the computer blow up incident of 2020, as it has now come to be known. And he revisits us right here into August as we make the press through Q3. So we'll catch up with Stephen. After Stephen, a couple weeks ago, we will uh, we tried to talk with a Steve DeShazer from Lion Energy. That didn't work out too well. Phone gremlins of some type or another, but it didn't make for a great production, so we cut it short. And two weeks later, here we are to reboot it again. So if you are down with solar power, if you want to get away from generators, if you want some of these kind of options, then you're going to want to stay tuned and check out Steve DeShazer as we talk about Lion Energy and the products that they have to offer and who's in best position to take advantage of these products. So that's Steve DeShazer. It's a full hour of Steve and Stevens, believe it or not. Totally coincidental. Then we move to the second hour. We had a little shuffling as well this month because Sam the Cooking Guy was celebrating a 35th wedding anniversary in the first Tuesday. Robin Lindar slid into his spot. Sam is sliding into Robin's typical spot. So Sam the Cooking Guy will be filling in here for the second hour and plenty to get to 
as it relates to Sam, not the least of which is his latest few recipes amongst many other items. So we have a jam-packed first hour. 216-220-0966. And we have a jam-packed second hour. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com, your email address. A lot of you took time to wish me and my oldest and my wife safe travels, getting her back to college this past weekend, of course. She wasn't there 12 hours, and her and the rest of her dorm mates immediately 14-day quarantine. <laughs> because one of those six dorm mates, the rooms are not set up as your traditional uh, hallway and then you know rooms all down the hallway. You get up to the room, and then there are two separate hallways. And at the end of hallways, there's four separate doors. And within those four doors are contained four rooms, two singles, two doubles, so six persons or six people per room. And one of them tested asymptomatic, thankfully, positive for coronavirus. Now, uh, getting back to comedy, we're all here what's going on in the bigger campuses. UNC is already shut down after a week. College kids are going to be college kids, but these guys are athletes, so they were doing it the right way. My concern in this particular instance is the lady that had tested positive for coronavirus was tested a week ago Monday, and the results didn't come in until sometime Saturday afternoon. What is going on? You can't get them in two days or three days or four days. Hell, if we could have got them on Friday morning, we could have avoided all of this, but instead... They're all hanging out on Friday uh, and then through Friday evening and then Saturday the call comes in. They take the one that is positive, put her in the isolation dorm that they have set up on campus. Two of the girls that were coming in on Sunday immediately sent out somewhere else so they're not involved. But then three of them, which one of them happens to be my daughter, is now quarantined in that dorm with her two other volleyball mates for the next 14 days, which begs the question, at the end of 14 days, do they get tested? I would imagine. So do they have to then continue to isolate for what could be another five or six days until they get the results back? They can't go out any earlier. How can you leave without results? Can it be that long? It takes that long. For some people, you can get tested and you get immediate results or they're within 24 hours. People in high-ranking government states are getting tested daily. This lady was tested on Monday and didn't get the results until Saturday. Wow. That's troubling, so we'll see what happens. Good thoughts are passed along, I know. I thank you in advance for that. So that's how our weekend looked this past weekend. Now, getting back to the show last week, and specifically Meathead not covering his grills and this is why the show is great. Meathead and I get into an argument over him not covering his grills last week. If you missed the show, you didn't get the podcast yet. Here's a sampling of how that sounded. I've had one for years. Never had an issue with rust. Where do you keep it's it? just outdoors in Chicago. Not covered? Uncovered. Huh. What the anything. hell? I'm coming I to get that thing. You're an abuser. Any of my You're an abuser. Any of my how dare you? I just am too effing lazy. Plus, what? they should be able to take it. 
They should oh, be able on. to take it too lazy. It I'm takes done, one second. Cooking, when I'm done cooking, my grill is hot. Yeah. I'm not going to stand there and wait for it to cool off. And put you don't the have on. to. You got dishes I'm to do. Inside. You got pie to eat. How long do you think I'm that thing is going to stay hot? You think it's going to stay hot for an hour? It's not an offset cooker that's going to stay hot for an hour. Oh, my God. Meathead, if you're going to invest, uh, how much is this cooker for the retail? Three. Three grand. You're not going to take five minutes to put on a, a cover nope. from the elements? I mean, come I've on. I've been doing I, I have oh, left dear. my Mac to start uncovered. I don't even have a cover for it. Wow. For seven years now. Not a spot of rust on it. Can you believe this guy, Meathead? Unbelievable. $3,000 pellet cooker and refuses, roundly rebuffs the notion that he should have a grill cover on that grill. $3,000. I mean, if you have a collector's edition car, I see these people that have large amounts of coin. They got a Ferrari in the garage. They got Porsche 911. I mean, that's my dream car, the 1985 Porsche 911. Uh, all black, gold rims, whale tail, T-tops. If I ever get my hands on that car and it's going to spend even one second in the garage, you're damn right I'm going to cover that car. Thusly, it should go without saying that I cover all of my grills. Do I put all of my grills inside? No. I tell manufacturers if they get in touch with me, I live in Cleveland. We go through seasons. Most of those seasons are winter and they are harsh and wet and snowy and windy and icy. So you better send me a cover. Otherwise, it's just going to sit out there because I want to give it real life test. I want to be able to give positive, negative feedback where it's warranted, where I live. Now, some of you people are uh, snowbirds and it's always nice no matter where you are in the north or the south or you live in san diego or wherever the hell it is that you live that the weather is always great and maybe you don't necessarily have to worry about but if you live in chicago like me that i would please please don't listen to me and i'm going to get stephen reichland's take on this when we come uh, back from the first break but i'm a full believer in covering i mean don't give me the excuse that you're too bit or you're too effing lazy. If you're too lazy, then you don't spend three thousand dollars on the grill. Take the whole thirty seconds after you're done eating to go cover the grill. It will thank you for it. By the way, it runs. As I had mentioned, Stephen Reichlin will be coming up here directly. But I'll talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, longest running sponsor of the show. Always believing that outdoor cooking can be fun because it can be fun and easy with the Barbecue Guru automatic pit temperature control devices, of course. They also sell a ceramic style cooker. It probably comes with a cover. It also has a built-in power draft fan. So if you're already a fan of the Barbecue Guru, if you already own a control device from the Barbecue Guru, then all you have to do is hook up this controller to the power draft fan that's built in the monolith and you're off and running if you want to upgrade the tech they have two different and new controllers for you to choose the dynaq the ultra q dynaq taking over for the party q which was the easiest point of entry from a cost standpoint didn't do a lot of things but was really like the cruise control for your pit 
Now, if you want a little bit more tech, Ultra Q is where you want to go. Loaded with features, incredibly intuitive, easy to hook up. Go to bbqguru.com and check out everything that they have there. Match it up with your cooker. If you have any questions, call them. They're there to answer your questions and make sure that you're buying experience is seamless. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or again, the website bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. In fact, not only from the great cookers and equipment, sauces and rubs from the Havana Barbecue line. Enjoyed some mighty Mitch's buffalo wing sauce with the wings that we got from Giuseppe's Pizzeria tonight as we support the middle daughter's job supporting the local if you will all right we got the hall of famer the prolific cookbook author and the cooking class instructor steven reichland coming up right after this stick around we'll be right back Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. Always trust your butcher. It is the third Tuesday of the month, and you know what that means. Barbecue University class instructor, TV show host, creator of a number of TV shows, and you can find them right here on the third Tuesday of the month. We welcome back Stephen Reichland. Hey, Stephen, how are you? Good, Greg. How are you? I am fabulous. Appreciate you making time. I'm sorry we missed you last month, but you were part of the computer apocalypse of 2020. We had made the move. We took time to unpack the house and get it livable and make it seem like it was our new house. And then I got into the basement, started putting the studio together, fired everything, well, I hooked everything and fired the computer up and... Literally, it all went up in smoke, and, and there you go. So we had to wait until August to get you back on. But I appreciate you hanging with me. Let me ask okay, you. Okay, well, always fun. Yep. Let me ask you. I was uh, uh, lambasting I verbally, meathead, uh, not yeah. covering grills. Are you a grill coverer believer, or are you alfresco grillo? Well, I cover my grills when I go away. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the end of every night, no, because I'm using my grills every day and, you know, I just had my uh, my performer fired up doing some lamb ribs. It's still hot. Uh, but, you know, if I go away this weekend, of course, I'll cover it. So when it's cooled off this evening, after you get done with this interview, let's assume that it's cooled off. You won't throw the lid back on it and then a cover? Or is it just because of where you're at? Well, no, the lid, go- the lid goes on it, of course. Uh, I won't put a plastic cover no. on it, you know, if I'm going to use it tomorrow. But I will this weekend, you know, if I go away. All right. Stephen Reichland joining us here on the show. 
A few months ago, Stephen, we were talking about your journey with the A5 Wagyu brisket bacon. And within those minutes, we were also talking about the term bacon and beef and where it's used and how it's used. Uh, you would use the word etymology of bacon. Uh, any other further knowledge of where bacon was derived and or first seen slash used? Well, it was, it's very interesting, actually. I did do some research. Oh, uh, our word comes from uh, French, the, uh, and the French word comes from what's called the Proto-German language, Bako, that's B-A-K-O, with a horizontal accent over it, which meant about a thousand years ago in the language that ultimately gave us German, the back or the buttocks. Hmm. So the idea was that it came, bacon at least back then, came from the back or the buttocks. Of course, today that would be more like Canadian bacon, not belly bacon. But there we go. So uh, I did just email my assistant, Nancy, who of course lives in uh, Cleveland. Yep. Nancy Lowski, if you're listening, hi. That we should do a blog on uh, uh, food etymologies, barbecue etymologies in particular, and uh, bacon in uh, specifically. So stay tuned for that. Within that research, Stephen, did it specifically call out that hog or pig was in reference, or did it not say one thing or the other about that? Primarily pig. There was also one reference to beef. All right. So, so now we yeah. have closed but, but, you that, know, interestingly, sir. Yes, interestingly with brisket, you know, that comes from the same etymological root as uh, breast. And... Uh, at one point in the English language, so your brisket was your breast or your chest. Okay, that's where brisket comes from. At one point, the firm was also used to uh, to refer to a horse and the, how the, the the chest of a horse. So, but I don't think we're going to eat horse meat brisket anytime soon. However, if you happen to be in the south of Italy, they love horse meat. Uh, uh, went to a town where virtually every grill place uh, served only horse. Very sweet meat, gives you the willies or the Whitney's as it uh, as it is. But there you go. I mean, we seem to be the only. This is uh, really taking an incredible turn, and I did. I would like to say, for full transparency, this is not a road that I mysteriously led you down or anything like that. You've brought it up all on your own. Of course, uh, the movement or the grassroots movement of horse meat for the Barbecue Central show is now going on for three years or four years now, whereas you look back through the meat-eating of our country's history, I think it was maybe 1975 was the last time you really saw and or heard about people eating horse meat or having access to it. Uh, obviously, it has since become incredibly illegal. Uh, the government has stopped subsidizing any of the horse meat uh, processing plants, making it financially impossible for anybody to do this. Um do you think there would ever be a time, Stephen, in 10 years or 100 years from now that the horse will make the magical leap back over the fence with all of the other animals and leave the cat and the dog alone? Yeah, I don't see it. I think we have too much uh, emotional involvement with horses to make that happen. Uh, you know, when I was a student in Paris, uh, they had a horse meat butcher on virtually every street. And you could recognize it was a, the, the, sort of a plastic golden plastic horse's head over the shop window. And that's how popular horse meat was back then. It has virtually disappeared from France. Hmm. But in the south of Italy, P. 
people still eat it. People still love it. Is there a best way of preparation that you've had? I mean, I, I don't assume you've eaten it a lot, but you've probably dabbled in it. Well, there was one night when I left my wife at the hotel, and uh, I went out on a barbecue crawl, and uh, I, I probably ate at a dozen, dozen different places and probably had 20 different preparations. Thinly sliced because it's very lean, so you want to cook it quickly. A uh, couple of interesting roulades would be rolled around, uh, peppers and cheese and, you know, quickly grilled. Um, it's great. I'm, uh, you know, I wouldn't put it in a cookbook, and I'd never try and sell it here because I just don't think that's going to happen. No, and you would, of course, go to jail because it's highly illegal. Is it a uh, irony taste? I know I, you've mentioned the no, term sweet. No. Like, what is that really akin to? Yeah. Um, if you ever had, like, remember I talked about Korean brisket, how they freeze it and slice it paper thin and direct grill it? Yes. So you taste the brisket, not the smoke, not the spice, all that other stuff. Um, at any rate, it's, it's, that meat has a sweetness, and the horse, the horse meat is like that. It's, um, it's not beefy, it's not ferrous, it's not irony, it's not minerally. It's kind of more mild and sweet. Steve, anyway, not for horse meat. Stephen you're trying to get off this horse meat subject immediately, so I will uh, I will relent here. Of that, cause no, I we got go a lot on. to talk about. I could go on. Uh, all right, so we originally started with a bacon. Well, let's talk about pork. How underappreciated, in your opinion, is pork loin and also pork tenderloin? I find that especially pork tenderloin is way underrated. Uh, potentially one of the most underrated things that you can live fire cook and also pork tenderloin both of these things are incredible value and incredible taste and you they take on so many different flavors how do you feel about the pork loin and the pork tenderloin well for me they're like the blank canvas on which the artist uh, paints his culinary co uh, colors and you know when we did the blog i was thinking about all the preparations i've done over the years uh, for the show and uh, in the books and you know, we butterfly it open. So one version, you put uh, garlic and sage and rosemary and salt and pepper and fennel seed, and that becomes uh, a porchetta pork loin. In uh, another version, I spread it with mustard, piled it with brown sugar, and doused it with uh, bourbon, wrapped it in bacon. And that was another version. Uh, <coughs> in uh, Project Fire, uh, I made a pork loin Reuben where I butterflied the Reuben, uh, butterflied the pork loin open and then filled it with corned beef and uh, sauerkraut and Swiss cheese and mustard, tied it up again, wrapped it in bacon and grilled it. Mm. You know, it's incredibly, incredibly versatile. One thing you cannot do with it, though, you cannot smoke it, shred it, and make pulled pull pork out of it. It's just way too lean. Uh, from a uh, cost perspective, too, I mean, these are one of the value cuts that are out there. Great value. Yeah, great value. Absolutely. Let's talk about nine recipes to grill or smoke this August. We got a couple weeks left. And I was uh, through the blog here and a bunch of stuff jumped out at me. Uh, we'll also touch on number three here again in a second. But uh, the first thing that you have listed, and I've been seeing this become more and more a trend is some type of a grilled drink. I've seen uh, non-alcoholic lemonades. I've seen alcoholic lemonades and uh, the margaritas. Uh, you have a grilled key lime mojito to lead it off. Yeah, we created that kind of uh, very spontaneously when we were taping Project uh, Fire uh, in Steenhatchee, Florida. And uh, we had some key limes, so uh, I 
put them, I think we used a, a, a Mini Max Big Green Egg, uh, dipped the half limes in sugar, charred them on the grill to get sort of a lime caramel, and then squeezed that, added uh, rum, added a little sugar and club soda. And they were absolutely delicious. But, you know, I grill fruit all the time to make cocktails. Uh, when I make sangria, I grill the oranges, the lemons, uh, the limes. I even add a little grilled uh, grapefruit, again, dipped in sugar. Uh, just adds a depth of flavor, a smoke flavor that just won't quit. If you're not familiar with key limes, how do they differ flavor-wise from what you would find regular lime-wise? First of all, the they're much, sm- much smaller, half the size of a Persian lime. They're full of seeds. They're more sour and more kind of acrid, I would say, than uh, the sort of limes that, that, have very, uh, that have a very strong personality. Uh, there was a lime question I was just going to ask you, but escapes me, so we move on. Grilled watermelon salad with arugula and queso fresco. And I do have a follow-up question on watermelon when you're done. You, uh, I'm happy to give it to you. Also, I want to save time. I want to just tell you that... Uh, we are going to be heading up to Baltimore, for me up, for everybody else down, to Baltimore, uh, first week of September, <laughs> to shoot Project Fire TV Season 2. Now, some of you may remember that we were all set to, to tape in San Antonio, and then uh, a little virus called COVID came, and uh, that shut us down, but we, uh, we're heading to Baltimore. That's my hometown where I grew up, yep. so I'm really excited yep. about it, and I planned two whole menus, two whole shows built around the, uh, the foods I grew up on. Is there going to be so, a pit beef there, recipe in there? There's going to be a pit beef recipe, oh, of yeah. course. Uh, there's going to be uh, a grilled soft-shell crab. I'm actually going to smoke and grill crab cakes, Maryland crab cakes. Uh, and we're even going to do a Maryland uh, steam crab uh, on a wood fire. So... Uh, Pretty excited about that. Let me regale you with a story. The first time I fell in love with Stephen Reichland was on PBS at the Barbecue U, and you did a Baltimore pit beef sandwich, and you had the uh, real um, oh the root what uh, the real horseradish root uh, mayo yeah, and the yeah, pit yeah. beef and the 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 right bond and I was like you know what this guy knows something I'm gonna start watching him from I mean that was forever ago and now you're showing up on my show once a month I mean it's been a, an incredible crescendo for me but uh, that pit beef has always stuck with me as being a seminal dish of Baltimore aside from the crab is there a more signature dish than that Well let's see when I was growing up we used to have something called rockfish which was uh, actually a sort of black bass. And uh, I'll be doing that on a salt slab. Uh, we had, uh, let's see, there's a famous cookie. You know what? I don't want to spill the whole beans, but let's just say I've got two shows worth, and I have a really cool twist on the uh, pit beef sandwich. So uh, taping, in, um, taping in September, and we'll be airing in, uh, in April. All right. Um, from a taping standpoint, does this look and feel a little bit different given the current environment? Way, way, yeah, way, way different. Uh, we're in effect going to be in a bubble. Once we all get on the campus, we're taping on a 140-acre retreat uh, area uh, called Pearlstone. And once we are there, nobody comes in, nobody goes out. Uh, we actually have a new member of the crew. We have a COVID officer oh. whose sole job is to keep everybody safe and socially distanced. 
All right, so let's get back to these uh, smoke or grill items in August. And yeah. uh, the one I was talking about was the grilled watermelon salad with arugula and queso fresco. Yeah, so watermelon, you know, it's been part of barbecue, uh, American barbecue for hundreds of years as a dessert. But the idea of cutting it and grilling it is relatively new. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to think of it as a fruit steak because uh, it, it's red, right? You can cut it into slices that look like steak. Uh, you, it holds up on a high, I always do a high sear on it. Uh, you give it a little smoke flavor. And then the way the salad works, so you've got the sweet of the watermelon, the smoke of the grill, the queso fresco is a little salty, and the uh, uh, arugula is peppery. So it's a very refreshing, very complex salad that plays pinball. Uh, on your taste buds. And you're taking the rind off the watermelon, and I would imagine this is, like, pretty thick cuts? Yeah, they got to be two fingers thick anyway. Hmm. And they hold up just fine. What, a couple minutes on each side kind of a thing, or what? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a quick grill. <laughs> Actually, you want to speak about watermelon and barbecue. Uh, so I uh, have a story in the New York Times coming out in a couple weeks on vegetable charcuterie. Now, I know I have to kind of make the sign of the cross whenever I mention anything vegetarian or vegan uh, on this show, but uh, it's a dish that comes from a restaurant called uh, 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 Ducks. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, come, come to me. Will Horowitz is the, uh, the chef. And he took a watermelon, cut the rind off, cured it like a ham, smoked it like a ham. Ducks Eatery, it's called. And... Uh, and you look at this thing, and it looks exactly like a ham, except it's made with a watermelon. So I write about that in this uh, story, too. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show. Hatch chili rellenos. Yes, hatch chilies are in season now. You can find them at melissas.com. Hatch chili, it's an incredibly uh, rich, peppery-flavored New Mexican chili. Uh, so uh, cut them in half lengthwise. Uh, I do my rellenos with black beans, grated cheese, a little cumin, a little sautéed onion. Uh, and then I, uh, I smoke roast the chili rellenos uh, instead of deep frying them. Uh, not only are they great tasting, but they're healthy. So one of the other things that really gained popularity, has probably been three or four years ago, uh, at least as I keep my finger on the pulse, is elote or the grilled Mexican street corn. And uh, you had also done a blog post on... 10 globally inspired grilled corn recipes. So obviously, if you haven't had the traditional elote, it's delicious. It's probably the least healthy way of eating corn you could possibly eat. But man, is it delicious. And I could polish off 8 to 15 ears. I mean, this is great stuff, right? Yes. And if you have been uh, you know, hiding in a cave for the last 20 years, actually, I'm very proud. I think I was the first person to write about that. I wrote about it in BBQ USA probably close to uh, 15, 20 years ago. Anyhow, you grill the corn, you slather it with mayonnaise, you sprinkle it with grated cotija cheese, and then a squeeze of lime and a sprinkle of chili powder. Uh, but uh, I've got, I mean, lots of fantastic uh, ways to grill corn. One that I found in Siem Reap, Cambodia, uh, where the corn is basted with coconut milk and palm sugar, and then it's uh, grilled over a hot fire and um, sprinkled with uh, shredded coconut. That's pretty amazing. Uh, Italian grilled corn, you know, where uh, you hit it with sage butter and uh, freshly grated Parmesan cheese. Uh, what else do we have? There's a Chilean grilled corn that uh, Nancy, my assistant Nancy, 
uh, found in uh, Chile uh, that's slathered with uh, an avocado, uh, th- thick avocado sauce. So, you know, corn is excellent. By the way, please, everybody, grill the corn naked. That is, take the husk off. None of this grilling it in the husk. All that happens when you do that is you steam it and, you know, it's like an intimate act with a protective membrane. Uh, best if you can avoid it. That's right. Um, uh, Stephen, what about, uh, do you want high heat when grilling corn or medium heat? You do. Yeah, okay. High heat. Uh, what's the deal with that T-shirt? You a New York fan? Uh, so I am wearing my John Lennon wow, New we... York City T-shirt, uh, which my son sent me, and I just feel like uh, sort of it's a John Lennon, New York kind of night tonight. What's your favorite John Lennon slash Beatles song? Oh, boy. I think it's probably got to be Let It Be. A classic. And now classic. for your listening pleasure, Stephen will regale us with a few bars of... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. Uh, anything Barbecue University-wise happening in the fall? Yeah, well, so we did Barbecue University uh, in the spring, uh, much to my amazement. Uh, and pulled it off with so- to save social distancing. Uh, we are planning a session late in the fall. I'm not sure when it's going to be yet, but we'll post the uh, dates as soon as we have them on barbecuebible.com, of course. Um, what else is going on? I don't know. Boy, it's just uh, every day there is, uh, seems to be so much going on. I have a new TV show in uh, French in Montreal. It's called uh, BBQ uh, uh, en boîte, barbecue in a box. And uh, it is the ultimate socially distanced, safe COVID error grilling show. Uh, I recorded my segments down in Miami and then we sent them up. They're going to be edited into the show. So that's pretty cool. Uh, what else? Oh, lamb ribs. I made lamb ribs tonight. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had uh, yeah, Denver ribs, but uh, they're pound and a half uh, racks of lamb ribs. I seasoned them with my Kansas City smoked barbecue rub, uh, indirect grill with wood smoke, hour and a half, 350. Uh, perhaps the most delicious thing I have had all week. Really? Really? <laughs> Yeah, well, if you follow me on Facebook, I'm going to post a little uh, movie of it tomorrow. All right, lamb ribs are now on the menu, so you can find Stephen Reichland right here. Lamb ribs yes. in the house. And lamb ribs in the house, that's right. Uh, Stephen Reichland can be found right here in this house the third Tuesday of every month, barbecuebible.com, anytime after that. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, you do a great job, Greg. Glad you're back up and running. Bye-bye. All right, there he is, Stephen Reichland, right there. Wow, we lamb ribs. You know who's got lamb ribs? Like really good lamb ribs is Michael Simon's Barbecue Mabel's downtown Cleveland. Stellar stuff. I think Doug Scheiding and I had a pork spare ribs and we also had the lamb ribs. Doug, am I talking out of turn there? I believe that to be the case a handful of years ago when Doug made it through Cleveland doing a Traeger class down in Hartville. Steve DeShazer is in the green room. I see him. Now, if only the sound will work. We'll find out here in a second. I'm confident. Let me talk to you quickly about Pits and Spits. Since 1983, Pits and Spits has been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas. In that time, Pits and Spits established itself as one of the premier brands in high-quality offset smokers and recently pellet cookers. Pits and Spits setting itself apart by using heavy 7- and 10-gauge steel in every cooker, fully welded construction, you can feel when you use the unit, the 304 stainless steel roll top lid and front shelf on every single cooker. So why does that matter? 
Well, by using higher quality materials, pits and spit smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. And providing a fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel or that grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. And by using 304 Stainless, you're getting an heirloom quality product you'll be able to pass down to your kids. Now, where some companies focus on being a low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focusing on craftsmanship and using quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to make this stuff? Yes, but they don't like tack welds, cheap stainless electronics that you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of the design and standards. Not something you're going to find in stuff that's brought in from overseas. Their steel suppliers supply material to be used in some of the harshest environments around, so you know they're going to perform in any condition, no matter where you're at in the country. And their controllers made right here in the USA. They have unimpeded transparency into their programming. Bottom line, Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country. If there isn't one close to you, call them at the shop, 844 844- 650-6250. That's 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the family or a competition team cooking 50 racks of ribs, Pits and Spits has a product for you. Check them out online, pitsandspits.com, all spelled out, or see their pits in the wild. Cross social media at their handle, Pits and Spits. I would love a Pits and Spits, both an offset. And a pellet cooker, because I'm a lover of both. And I would cover it, too, meathead. I want to ask Steve DeShazer if he's a pro-coverer of grills, no matter what. We'll see here in about 35 seconds. Stick around. We will be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion of the show being brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookingPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy from little website coming up. May or may not make it. We'll see how time goes. Amazon.com. You can buy it right there as well. Your choice. Download the app as you see fit. It's free. Two weeks ago on the phone, Gremlins wreaked havoc. And we didn't get to have the conversation with Lie Energy that I was hoping to produce for you, the loyal centralites. This week, we reboot. And thanks to the Anthony Lujan from the Pitmasters podcast, I bring back the Director of Technology at Lion Energy, Steve DeShazer, to show and to talk solar energy and how it could benefit you, the backyard cook, as well as you, the competition cook. And we're doing it from the Pitmaster podcast in the great city of Utah. So we race to the hotline and welcome back, Steve DeShazer. Steve, how are you, pal? Great, Greg. Thanks for having me back. Guess what? Audio's great. No doubt. Yes. Yes. Anthony and I only tested for 17 hours yesterday to make (laughs) sure that the audio was good. So let's go ahead and run it right back from the beginning. A little background on you personally, professionally, and then we'll build into the Lion Energy stuff. Sure. So um, my background is in electrical engineering. That was my degree. Uh, Huge barbecue enthusiast, of course. That doesn't hurt. 
Um, I've been at Lion Energy now for seven years and about the last four as the director of technology. And um, we make portable power. You know, power storage is really what we're all about. And uh, in this case, the product we're talking about is portable. And it has a great um, impact, a great um, application when it comes to outdoor grilling, right? Because now these grills, the pellet smokers, they need power to run. And that's what we're interested in providing to people wherever that may be. Director of technology sounds like a very important capacity with the company. Are you driving the technological vision of the company, trying to push the envelope, as it were? Uh, it's a part of it. Um, I was working primarily in engineering before, which had a lot more impact on the individual products. Um, now my focus is more on um, the software that we use to run our business and on the website and um, everything that goes along with that. So, um, you know, our digital presence, I guess, is a lot about what I do. But um, during the time that the Safari LT, which is the product we're talking about at the moment, was being created, uh, I did have a pretty large impact on that product at the time. Steve Deshays joining me here on the show, lionenergy.com, the website. So do you have a quick thumbnail background of how Lion Energy came to be and how it got off the ground? Yeah, so originally, um, originally we had more focus in emergency preparedness, and we focused more on doing wholesale, and we focused on, um, you know, we were selling to, we were making products for other companies and putting their name on it <laughs> uh, for several years. And so in the past few years with, um, you know, at least five years of experience, during the time I had been here, uh, we started going more direct to consumer and started to push more of the Lion Energy brand instead of making products for other companies. And so um, that's been going really well for us. And this barbecue uh, market has really been a big part of that as well, which is always a market that I'm happy to support. Is there a good margin in, or is there a, is there a better margin going direct to consumer versus private label? Um. Typically, in the market, people would say yes. Um, really, uh, we just want to be able to have a positive impact as a company and have people know that it's Lion Energy. Um, building a brand to us is not so much about going direct to consumer and having a better margin. Um, it's more about having people know that there's a company out there that's that's got their back and it's going to provide good products and good service and being able to be recognized uh, as that company. Um and just be powering a lot of pellet smokers, you know, successfully. Let's talk about some items that you are offering to consumers. Uh, we're obviously going to be talking about the Safari LT, but what else do you have in the portfolio? So, uh, like I said, we focus on power storage, and we try to, to cover the whole spectrum from very small all the way up to very large. So, um, if you go to our website, you'll see that we have products ranging from power banks um, all the way up to you know, batteries that people can use in their RVs. Um, we also do whole home storage, right? So you could, um, you know, the inverters and the battery backups that people use for off-grid homes and cabins and things like that are also available. Um, right now, our, our lithium batteries are also very popular. Um, like I was saying before, those are typically used as replacements for RVs or they're used 
um, like for troller motors and boats. Um, the Safari LT has gained a lot of um, traction in the barbecue community because it's light, it's 10 pounds, it um, has the ability to run, you know, I have several people who run multiple, like double pellet smokers at the same time hmm. with it. Um, pellet smokers are a great application for this because they're, they're pretty energy efficient. Typically creating heat with energy is not very efficient, but because the pellet smokers use the pellets and burning the pellets to create the heat, um, the amount of electrical energy they require is actually pretty low. Uh, the only time they really require much power is in the beginning when that heating element is heating up. Um, and the Safari LT is, uh, with all the pellet smokers I've tried or had other people have experience with, it's been able to run two pellet smokers during that heating up phase successfully. Um, we definitely recommend pairing it with a solar panel because once those pellet smokers are up and running, um, frequently with just a single panel, you can be inputting more power from the sun than you're consuming by running the smokers. <laughs> so you're running all day, and by the time the day is done, the sun goes down, you're still at full charge just by having one solar panel. Steve, let me jump in here and ask a question because when Rusty Monson had mentioned this a couple weeks ago during the Embedded Correspondence segment of July, I think there were some folks that were unsure as to best application in other words, is this something uh, from a Safari LT standpoint that is going to be able to power a 30-foot competition trailer like many teams are running, rendering their generator or need for generators obsolete? Or is this something for more of a smaller footprint team that is running only a few pellet cookers to get them through the weekend of the competition and maybe some ancillary stuff, a phone, a boombox, what have you? Um, at this size... Uh, you're probably talking about more of the smaller footprint teams. Um, you know, the output on the uh, Safari LT is a 500 watt output from the normal AC plugs that you have on there. So you could let that be your guide as far as how many things you could run simultaneously. Um, we do have larger, uh, sort of the, the the parent or the the big brother, you know, to the LT, which is the Safari ME, and that has a 2,000 watt. Um, inverter output so that could run effectively four times as much stuff um it does come at a higher price it can also be charged with solar much faster definitely a you know a bigger ticket item um but that would be more appropriate for you know the larger 30-foot trailers or things like that that people are trying to run you know quite a few smokers at the same time um so we have size options we scale with people's needs um is I guess the, the takeaway there. Can this can this then be put in? Let's say I was going to be building a competition trailer. I hook up with my fabricator or whatever you call it, and I don't want the generate the standard Honda generators or whatever the hell comes with them normally. I want to have you get in contact with my trailer builder. You can put a Safari ME in there or a pair of them and get me the power I would need to not have to use the gas, basically. Um, almost certainly. I mean, I, I would say except for very rare, extremely high power, you know, situations, something, something, something very custom, you know, to your situation. Um, I would say, yes, um, there's definitely a solution that we could make to help people avoid having to use the Honda generator and worst case scenario. If you already have a Honda generator, uh, these units can be recharged by plugging into the output of one of those Honda generators very quickly. So you could probably plug into a Honda generator in 30, 40 minutes, get half the battery charge back into your Safari ME, 
And then you wouldn't be running that loud, noisy, smelly generator all day. You could run it for, you know, during a break where, you know, something like that. Steve, let me ask you a question. As we look at the Lion Energy website and you go over to the Lion Safari LT, uh, well, look at this. For for a number of weeks, it said sold out. Um, but as you come in here tonight, it looks like you're ready to... So, I mean, do we have plentiful inventory? Is it limited? Because my question was going to be, I've seen it for weeks that you guys have been sold out. So uh, what's the deal with the stock and production and all that? Yeah, do in no small part, uh, I will point out to the barbecue community um, and a pretty strong reaction, right? Definitely hats off. Sure. You know? um, uh, we were actually sold out due to a sort of an unexpected sh- uh, spike in demand. And so we do have some um, that are back in. We've done various things with uh, paying extra for rushing production and shipping and things like that to um, try to get product back in stock as soon as possible. But you can place an order um, for those on our website at this moment. Um, we are We have a note there about extended ship times. It might take up to seven days to ship. Um, I expect to be able to even remove that within the next uh, week and go back to the normal, you know, 24 hour turnaround ship times that, that we're used to providing for our customers. Only online or are there pull throughs at some other retail locations if possible? Um, so we do have, um, we do business with people like Costco, with Walmart. Um, so we do have a listing on our website where you can find local Walmarts that do so under company and then under dealers, um, you can find local dealers, um, based on what state you're in. So you'll see in Alabama, there's three different stores that carry our product. Um, and so they might have something in in stock. A lot of our dealers are also very RV focused. Mm -hmm. So those tend to mostly carry our lithium batteries since that's, and not something like the Safari LT. Um, but Walmart does carry LTs. Um, and so you might be able to find something there as well. Every once in a while we do promotions with Costco.com like online. Um, and sometimes during those promotions, the LT will be available. Um, it is not currently, um, but we also do in, in Costco, like the Costco road shows. And so, um, if you are lucky to catch uh, Lion Energy representatives at your local Costco on a weekend, then they will most likely have LTs available as well. All right, so you get the LT. What are you recommending to pair solar panel wise to make you most efficient? Well, the um, so we sell hundred watt, twelve volt solar panels, and um, one of those can really make all the difference. You'll max out the solar charging input with two of those. So. Um, a lot of the pro barbecue guys have ended up with two panels because they are, um, it's very important to them. You know, they don't run out of power, even if it's a little bit cloudy or something like that outside on any kind of normal sunny day. Um, one panel is going to be able to offset the power of one smoker. Um, pretty dependably, Uh, I would say very dependably. Um, so having two panels, uh, to offset the power in or output of two smokers, um, what I would say would also be a good idea with the Safari ME, the bigger unit that we talked about before for some of your larger teams, um, that can take up to, um, on perfect sun, six panels would max it out with a little bit less than perfect sun up to eight panels, you know, could max it out. So, 
but a similar idea there, you could get one panel. Um, I'd maybe even say like three panels for every two smokers, something like that. You know, one panel is a bit more than one smoker needs. Um, but yeah, you can really, you can really offset how much you're draining your unit by just adding some solar panels and you can end the day full and then continue hours and hours into the night with a long brisket cook or something like that and not have to worry about losing power. What am I looking at all in price for a LT unit and then a pair of solar panels roughly? Good question. Um, the LT is uh, 585 on our website, as you were showing before. Yep. Um, we do have um, some kits that are available um, under the packages uh, tab on our website. If you go under packages, there's like an off-grid camping um, package, which is pretty cool. Um, we also have an LT Ultimate kit, which I believe is right at right around $1,000, uh, which will include two panels uh, as well as the LT unit. Um, so that would be that would be all in. So you're around a thousand kit. bucks, right? For the LT plus right. the two panels, yes. All right. So uh, from a cost efficiency standpoint, or or comparable to, um, you know, I don't know what a, a Honda generator. That seems to be like the real popular one because they're supposed to be very quiet. I would imagine the Safari a much less quiet than even the quietest Honda generator because there's no motor to be run. So. And then you're not uh, relying on gas and all this other stuff, but uh, so a thousand bucks. How does that compare to you know a comparable gas power generator? Pretty decent. Um, yeah, especially like you were saying for some of the anyone that's just a backyard enthusiast or even smaller teams that are doing one or two smokers. Um, you know those Honda generators are almost always overkill. They're almost always providing uh, way more than you would need in that case, and that makes them really fuel inefficient too, because you're running a very small power output, but you're burning the same amount of gas as if you were running a huge output. So it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense with these battery based units. You're only using whatever you're using. You know, you're only using as much as you need in that moment. And with solar, you can even offset that. Um, yeah. So I would say it makes total sense. And as you've pointed out, it's extremely quiet. There's no gases. There's no smell associated with it. I mean, if you want to think about how loud it's going to get, imagine like the fan in a computer. You yep. know, that's about as loud as that unit's going to get. Um, so I think it's a no-brainer. The people that I've worked with that do barbecuing uh, have said only good things, right? They've really enjoyed having it. So Steve, I think their words uh, could stand for it. That's right. Steve yeah. DeShazer joining me here on the show, and he is the director of technology over at Lion Energy. LionEnergy.com is the website. And for the competitors, you're probably looking at the Safari LT, which are now in stock. So check it out, Steve. Glad we could link back up again and really appreciate all the insight for the company and uh, what you're up to. Thanks so much for doing it. Thank you very much, Greg. You Thanks got for having me. There he is. Steve DeShazer from Lion Energy. And now I want to know who's down? Who's going to get on the solar bandwagon? Who wants to get all of this stuff? I kind of do. I like new stuff. I like to be semi-green, all that. Fred Sanford, Greg, can I get a hello in Toledo, Ohio? Hello, Toledo! Home of Tony Paco's Pickles. My favorite. Anyway, aside from Rusty and V, if anybody else has 
experience with the Lion Energy product, please write to me and let me know your experience. What's worse than when you're at a barbecue competition and you run out of power or the power goes out? That's not good. This potentially puts you in a driver's seat position. Great stuff. And again, with two panels and the the bank or whatever the hell you call it, about a grand. It's in the packages, set around a thousand bucks. I don't know if they're shipping in that or not, but at least a thousand bucks for the whole kit and caboodle, two panels and the LT. Pretty neat. I'm pretty geeked on it. So is Marty Rich. He's in. By the way, thanks for watching, Marty. Uh, let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills as we talk about pellet cookers. Grab that Lion Energy and then plug in your Green Mountain Grill. Of course, if you follow me on the social media, as you know, I finally put together the Prime Daniel Boone over the weekend. The great news is this. Oh, my goodness. It goes together so simply out of the box. Even when you miss the very first directional part about keeping it in the box to put on the legs, you can still do it on its side. I did it. And it only cost me like 10 extra minutes. I had it together in an hour or less. I'm pretty handy now that I think about it. And then we did the burn-in. Then we did pizzas. If you follow me on social media, you saw me all about that. But the Prime line, I can attest to this. As much as I have said for weeks and perhaps even a year now that the build is more robust. It is. I mean, this feels more hefty than the Choice Brother. The handle, the material, the tolerances, the cart comes with the front shelf. It has the bottom storage area. It's got the great side shelf that collapses. The movable heat deflector. They went back to the full uh, stainless drip pan instead of having that two-piece slide thing. That was ridiculous. They've gone back to the one-piece, which I appreciate. So pizzas, after the learning experience, were fine. Great to use. The Wi-Fi technology, easy to hook up with. GreenMountainGrills.com, the website. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Get your hands on some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market right now. We are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. And this segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard and Fireboard 2 fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting Fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232 today. Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive. Come get it. Reviewed highly on grillseeker.com. Go read that if you want. Thanks again to Steve DeShazer, Master of Technology over at Lion Energy. I made that title up. Director of Technology at Lion Energy. LionEnergy.com and the LT is in stock. We point to the second hour. Go ahead and refresh libations. 
And we are ready. People are already calling for finance discussions with Sam the Cooking Guy. I doubt we'll get into that, but you never know. Stick around. We'll be right back.